You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic Re-Evangelization Center. Welcome, everybody, to the Right to Be Catholic podcast, where we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. So today's topic, we're going to focus on raising a holy family. We're going to talk about why it's important, how, how to do so, and also we'll, we'll talk about uh, what each member of the family, what their roles are in raising a holy family, what, you know, in this task that God has told all of us to do uh, as families. We'll talk about the father's role, the mother's role, and even the siblings. Uh, my guest today is uh, a priest, and he's very, very passionate about this. I've heard him um, speak about this a few times. He's actually had a a homily on this, or, or he, was, he preached about this, and it was actually wonderful. And that's why I actually cornered him at an event. And I was like, hey, man, I need you to come on this podcast and do this. And after hounding him and stalking him for about a month and a half, you know, I finally got him. I know he's super busy, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Father, I'll introduce him in a second. But before I do that, I thought this Bible quote for this topic was really good. And it comes from Psalm 127, three to five, and it goes, behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children of our, of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And I, I think it's a beautiful quote because it sort of goes with our topic about if you're raising your children, if you're raising your family the right way, the way God wants you to, that, you know, anything that comes your way in your family, you are there and you're able to overcome it. And that's the beauty of what we're going to talk about right now. But before we do that, I want to introduce my guest. Uh, with me, I have Father Perrin Atisha. He's a priest at St. George Chaldean Catholic Church. Father, thank you for um, coming on the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Sean. Hey, anytime, man. I really appreciate you guys coming on. I know you guys always uh, have a million things to do, uh, and to get you guys on here is a real blessing. Uh, I've known Father Perrin for a very long time. We go way back, and uh, you know, I'll tell you guys, he's a wonderful man. And you know, you and I were talking about this, how this topic specifically, how you're very passionate about it. And I and I heard your, um, you know, I heard you preaching about it one Sunday at, at St. George Church. Uh, can you share with our listeners uh, a, a little bit about that? Yeah, so honestly, I think the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I've really been blessed um, with parents that really love the Lord and really love each other very much. And it's actually one of the main reasons I'm a priest. You know, I won't, I wouldn't be a priest if it wasn't for the love that I saw between my parents and their faith, their love for God. And I'm very passionate about that because I've experienced it firsthand through them, through their marriage, through their relationship, through the, ra the way they raised us and the way they raised our family. Um, and that's why it's such a, a big thing for me in my priesthood. You know, someone asked me a question the other day. They said, what, what are you passionate about or who do you think you affect the most? And I think for me, that answer was the youth and families. Um, because I think that that is the basis really of the church. And we always say that the youth is our future. The youth are our future. 
Um, well, yes, they are. But if the youth don't have a good family structure and a good family foundation, um, then our future isn't looking very bright, you know? And no, so that's I why agree. I've spent just a lot of energy, a lot of prayer um, in really preaching, talking, uh, and really spending time on family, you know? Um, and I see it in my parents. And when I said that it's a big reason why I'm a priest is there was a moment actually, um, that really changed me and really confirmed why God was calling me to be a priest. And I was praying once on a retreat. I was a seminarian and I was praying about my discernment. God, are you actually calling me? Do you really want me to be a priest? Is this the vocation that you have for me? And the Lord brought to mind my parents and their marriage. And he brought back an image of how whenever my dad would come home from work, my dad uh, is a grocery store owner and he would come back from work. And I would just remember, cause I would go to work with my dad. So I would see what he would have to deal with and what he would go through and how stressful it was. And he would come home. And even though his stressful day, no matter how hard it was, the minute he saw my mom, uh, it was like all his stress was gone. And That's amazing. everything, yeah, like everything was just at peace and he was just happy because he was just with his wife. He was with the one who he loves so much. And when I prayed about that, the reason the Lord brought that to mind was because that's what the church does for me. And it's done that for me my entire life. That anytime I was stressed out as a kid, um, even in high school and college, if I was stressed, if I had a long day, if I was going through something, the minute I would step into the church, everything was gone. And so the Lord helped me realize that the love that was between my mom and dad and what my, my mom did for my dad is what he wanted me to, wanted the church to do for me, you know? Um, and that really confirmed my vocation. And that's why I'm so passionate about preaching and teaching about holy families, holy marriages, because it's so vital and it's so important today. Right. And, and I, I couldn't agree more. And Father, thank you for sharing your story with us. That was actually beautiful, um, which actually leads me to uh, my first question for you. Why is it important to raise a holy family? And you sort of touched on this. And, you know, when I was thinking about this myself, uh, you know, and you sort of said it, a little bit, but I'm going to say it a little different. I, to me, one of the, not only reason, but one of the main reasons raising a holy family is important is because the world we are living in today is working 24 seven to go against what you're preaching now. Mm -hmm. Do you agree on that? hundred percent. Yeah. And so in your opinion, why is it what what is one of your main reasons for why a holy family why it's important to raise a holy family well i think it's exactly what you just said our culture especially here in america is destroying the importance of family and i just did a simple study once and i looked at um commercials that were made in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, up until today. So I just looked at simply the Tide brand of laundry detergent. Tide, and okay. 
in the 80s, right, the commercial was a normal, typical family, you know, and it was just a no- you saw the commercial was of a family. They were playing in their home. The mm-hmm. father was playing with the kids. The mother was home. And it was just a very beautiful commercial of a family. And it had to do with some type of laundry detergent. As the, right. years went, as the years went by, I think this was maybe in the 90s, same commercial, laundry detergent, but the father was not in the commercial. It was just the mother at home with her kids, right? Okay. And the father was not in the commercial at all. And then in the early 2000s, same company, Tide Commercial, but this time the mother was divorced and that was clearly seen. And she was a single mother. I don't know if she was divorced, but she was a single mother. The mother was a single mother and she looked stressed out, you know, but this Tide commercial was there. And then in 2015, the Tide commercial was of two men, two gay couples. And that, so it was just crazy to see how we've progressed, right? Like what family means today literally, versus what family used to be. So you went from a normal family in the 80s to without a father to a single mother to gay marriage, right? So our culture has completely distorted and destroyed what a family is. And you want to know what's so important about this is when God was creating man, he could have created a million different versions of what man is. But he created Adam and Eve. He created a married couple. Because it's in a married couple that we see the image of God the best. God wanted to, when he was creating man, he wanted to create us in his image, right? Genesis says that. We're made in his image. So he wanted to give us the best image of himself, which is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God believed that the best way to show him, to show the Trinity is in a family. Adam and Eve and their kids, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so when we distort the view of family, ultimately we're destroying God. And that's why it's so important. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to raise a real holy family because it's going directly against this destruction that's happening in our world. I couldn't agree with you more, Father. And and that's why it's like we both agree that, you know, it's very important to raise a holy family because the world is working against us all the time and it's nonstop. My wife and I were just in the car right now and she was just we were just talking about topics that maybe my son might come across. And he's he's still in preschool, but but we were hearing that other schools have like, you know, older siblings or whatever it may be. And they see their older siblings and now that they're, they're bringing this to school and they're like, mommy, why is this? Or Baba, why is this? And you're like, man, how do you respond to those kind of things? You know what I mean? But I think when we go through all these things and roles of a father, roles of a mother, you know, we'll talk mm-hmm. about them more. What do you think about this statement? Okay. So, um, wh- I mean, I'm fine. My kids are going to be okay. I send them to uh, Catholic schools uh, and, you know, they go to catechism at church and we go to Sundays. That's, that, that's enough, right? For my kids to, uh, you know, know about God. Why is it on me? I'm busy. You're setting your family up for failure. And why is that? (laughs) Because the family is the first school. The home is the first school. 
That's and exactly the home, what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The home is the first church, you know, and you can't, I mean, we say it all the time. I think Chaldeans even have that mentality that, oh, I, I send my kids to catechism or communion and they're going to teach my kids in the church. Well, sure. I mean, they're going to learn when they come to church. For that hour and a half. For the hour. But what's going to happen the other hundreds of hours within the week, you know, when they're home? Um, So, yes, there's a foundation that can happen from church. But if there's no foundation, if there's no rock of faith at home, then it literally is going to be fruitless. Listen, I, that's exactly what I have written down. I was talking to, um, who was it? Father Pierre the other day, or I think it was him, either him or Father Brian. And he was like, you know, it's not the responsibility of the church to raise your children. True. We do what we can when they come here to church. We, you know, we read the, we read the, the gospel. We, we preach, we tell them what's right or wrong, but mm-hmm. What like and you said it perfectly. What about when they go home and then they see there's a loveless marriage? Um, everything the parents or the siblings are doing at home are everything against the Catholic faith. But but we go to church on Sunday and I go to Catholic school, so that's good enough. And you hit the nail on the head when you said the home is the first church, it's the first that's where everything happens, that's where the foundation has to happen. You know what I mean? And I couldn't agree with you more, which actually we'll talk about our next topic, which actually leads right into it. So what should be done in the household to raise a holy family? Um, something I wrote was uh, make God the center of your family through loving one another. And it's, it's, it's actually perfect because that's exactly what you were saying about your parents. They loved one another so much that you saw like a Christ-like image in them loving each other. So, and that's the biggest, that's, you know, it's, think of it this way, right? Have you ever seen, if you, let's say you buy a bag of lemons or a bag of apples, when one, when one apple goes rotten, it spreads to the rest of the apple. It affects the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah, And so it's the same thing with marriage. If your marriage is rotten because of your own kind of lack of love and your own unforgiveness and your own pride, even, um, then your, your family will begin to rot because, and, and that's like, this is one thing as a priest that I struggle with is when parents or a mother or a father, they come to church and they say, Oh, Abuna, you know, help us with our child, help us with our son, help us with our daughter. Okay, I'm more than happy to sit with you and hear you out. But how's your marriage? How's your home life? Because how do you expect your daughter or your son who is on drugs to change his life or her life when the home they live in is literally toxic, toxic, where there's literally Jesus is not the center of your home. Because either your marriage is broken, your home is broken. I mean, don't expect your kids to change when your marriage is rocky. Yeah, no, listen, I, I agree with you. This is, this is something that every, every married couple, every family should see this. And, and, and this goes not just, you know, father and mother to children, but grandparents, you know what I mean? To, to their grandkids. It, it's, Everybody needs to be involved. You know, 
I think uh, uh, specifically with our with our culture, with the Chaldean culture, uh, I, I see um, some parents, and I swear to you, we were just talking about this the other day, my wife and I, um, not not because of the podcast, but we were just talking about. Like I said, I said to my wife, I said her name is Sylvana. I'm like, Sylv, you know, you know, I hated that um, when I see some parents so involved in themselves that they neglect their children. You know, something that my father. Uh, and my mother, of course, she's a saint. You know her. She loves you, actually. Um, <laughs> I love her, too. <laughs> right. Thank you. So, but my father, he always said, like, Sean, you know, I sacrificed a lot so to make sure that you guys are happy. You know, he goes, I could have drove a, a Mercedes all the time, but I did it because, you know, I wanted to make sure that you're provided for your, you know, and we went to Catholic school all our lives. You know, think, you know, we were blessed that way, but. But he's like, I made sure of that. You know what I mean? And my dad, like how you said, he was a grocery store owner, of course, uh, like, you know, majority of our, our, our culture. Right. But uh, at, during the 80s, of course, um, and 90s. But I know what he went through, too. And though that sacrifice, you know, made me the man I am today because. I saw how much he loved his family and my dad, of course, like how you said, loved my mother so much. He still does. Um, but it, it, it now, this is how I am with my wife. You know what I mean? And my kids are going to see that. And they're going to see that, like, because we love God so much, because of our faith, that's where that love stems from. Because again, was it St. Saint, John said, God is love. And if he's love and we're, and we're mimicking him, right? To try to be like him, we love one another. And I think that's very important in a family. If love is there, then God is obviously present in that family. For sure. And, you know, it's never going to be perfect, right? And that's why I think when, like, what should you do that question? How do you raise a holy family? What do you do in the household to raise a holy family? Right. Well, I think two things are prayer and perseverance, you know, prayer and perseverance. I like that. We have to, and I think COVID taught us to pray at home, you know, when the churches were closed and we, a lot of people were taught to like make their homes into homes of prayer. A lot of people started making altars at home, you know, putting statues, this and that pictures, candles, and having a place in their home where they could pray, where they could watch mass, you know, and I think that that was a very good lesson for all of us that our homes need to be homes of prayer. So that's the first thing. And then two perseverance, right? Marriage is never going to be perfect. Family life is never going to be perfect. There are going to be moments of hardships. There are going to be struggles, um, but we need to persevere and we are not going to be able to persevere without prayer. I, amen. My wife and I just started, um, and forgive me, I don't know the name of the novena. She's she she's she, you know, found it and she was doing it. It's like a 54-day novena. And she's like, Do you want to do this with me? And I looked at her, I was like, it's a good idea. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, I, I want to pray. You know, my wife and I used to always pray together when we first got married, you know, like, oh, we're this new couple, we're gonna we're gonna pray all the time together. And then like kids come and life, and you're like, why don't you just go pray by yourself? I'm gonna pray my prayer. But now we're trying that more and more, and and, and it's beautiful. You know what I mean? So I do agree with you, but something that you brought up um, that, or, that made me think about this was when I see parents do this and it really upsets me where you're like, why didn't you say anything to your 
to your children, to your kid. I mean, they could be 40 years old. My dad and mom will tell me like, I don't care how old you are. I'm still going to tell you this. Like they, my family is not um, polite at all with each other. There, there are no boundaries in my family. You know what I mean? Like my wife, they're more calm. You know, they're like, no, I'm not, you know, it's not my place to say that. My mom and dad and my siblings, right to your face, like you're 100% wrong. And this is the why. Like, <laughs> oh my God. So, but, but I think it's important. And, and I always tell my wife that, that, you know, as parents, as family of each other, if you see something wrong and you know it's against, you know, our faith, it is our obligation to say, I don't care if it offends the heck out of somebody. I'd rather offend them than let them burn in eternal damnation. What are you, sure. what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, should parents speak up regardless if their children are going to be like, nah, you know, I'm older. You can't tell me what to do, but I'm still going to tell you. hundred percent. I mean, Jesus says that himself. He says, if your brother sins, go and tell him his sin, you know? So yeah. what, it, I mean, Jesus literally says that Jesus tells us to correct others, you know? Um, and he even says that in his mission, it's not the will of my father that one of these little ones should be lost. Jesus is not talking about kids, right? We are the little ones, his people, his children. Um, and so it's not his, the will of the father. It's not the will of God for anyone to be lost. So when we see someone going off and they're heading towards becoming lost, we need to learn to jump in and try our best to be there to bring them back. You know, so hundred percent. I think a lot of times, a lot of parents are, um, or siblings, because this is what we're, we're talking about families, you know what I mean? Cause so siblings are part of the family. They're so busy trying to be liked by that person or they don't want to disrupt anything in their relationship that they're afraid to say those things. But, but my thinking on that is if I love you and I don't tell you these things and I truly don't love you and it's just a superficial. And I think it starts at a very young age, you know, like one of my biggest pet peeves when it comes to families is Sunday mass, right? Like seeing people who come to church without their kids. And I mean, kids, I mean, like their kids are 10, 11, 12. Right. And so I'll ask, Oh, where are your kids? Oh, they were sleeping. Did yeah. you wake them up for mass for yeah, to did, receive the Lord? Yeah. They didn't want to come. They were tired. Okay. So you just left them at home. You know, it's like, you are a parent, you know, and you are telling your kids to do things all the time. How do you not tell them to do the most important thing of their week, which is to go to mass? And I think it starts there when you don't have that hold on your children, when you don't have that kind of um, respect that should be given from the children to the parents, then what are you, you're, you've lost them. That's it. If you can't even get them to come to mass, you've lost them. And that's why it starts at such a young age. Listen, um, I'm by no means a perfect parent. I strive to be, but I'm not at the, you know, we, like how you said, I'm, I'm yeah, learning. No one is. Mine are, mine are four, three, and one. Those are my, I have two boys, four and three. And my three-year-old, like I pray every day that when we go, every Sunday when we go to church, that he doesn't wreck the church and they're like, get out. 
You know what I mean? That's how he is. He's very like, uh, yeah. it's high energy. Seven o'clock in the morning, father. He's up. He's like, Baba, I'm up. But we're like, thank you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like my man doesn't ever, never wants to sleep, but it's awesome. And he has the energy, but like how you said, take him to mass. And I, and I tell my wife, we go in the children's room, half the mass, we don't hear, but we're still there. I'm still yeah. showing him it's important. And I swear to you, my four-year-old, he mimics everything I do. And my, and my wife and I, we laugh, but I, it's so beautiful. Like I'll kneel, he kneels. I bow my head, he bows his head. <laughs> We hold hands, like, you know, when we're saying the Our Father, he grabs yeah. both of our hands and he, like, he, he makes it like he's praying. You know what I mean? But yeah. because, because he sees me, I'm his hero. And if I'm doing this, he's going to want to do it too. And I, I like from that age and still I'm like, hey, my man. And I tell him like, do you know whose house this is? They're like, Jesus, I'm like, this is and like, they're like, how come I can't see him? I'm like, he's invisible. But then I tell him like, one time I took him to adoration. I'm like, you see that thing right there? Jesus has superpowers and he's inside that thing. They're like, what? And they love that. <laughs> but see, that's what I'm doing right now. Cause that's what they understand as they get older, I'll give them the deeper message. Right. Yeah. Like how you said, it's important. And I remember like how you said, my, 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 my mom, I don't care how tired we were. She's like, get up. We're going to church. We were at mother of God every Sunday with my mom. Cause mm -hmm. we, 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 we used to live in Southfield. So we used to always go to mother of God, you know? And that's when like father Tom and father Frank, now Bishop Francis was there and you know, everybody yeah. was there. Yeah. It was beautiful, but, but you said it. It's important families pray together, go to church together and adoration. I, and I, and I, again, I'm going to say families. I, I remember, I remember taking my brothers a few times and they're not that much younger than me. Like I think my, my youngest is like five, six years younger than me. My brother Calvin's not even two years younger than me, but um, I'm like, Hey guys, let's go to adoration. You know, we were starting a new business. Let's just go pray in adoration together. I wanted to show them that these things are important. These things are necessary. Don't get me wrong. Have I tripped up and, you know, show them other things that are not good. Yeah. You know, like I said earlier, trying to be their friend as opposed to being their older brother and showing them the way. But I think I've tried my hardest to, as a sibling, to show them um, mm -hmm. the right way. But so let's go into um, the different roles. And you, you preached about this the other, uh, I don't know how long it's been. I think maybe a, a month or two about yeah. the different roles of the house. So you talked about the role of the father in raising a holy family. And I want your thoughts on that. Yeah. Before we go into that, I do want to say something, because I think that sure. this is one of the reasons where families are being destroyed is because today our culture is really um, getting rid of roles. You know, gender doesn't matter anymore. Everything is equal. Everything is mixed. Everything is just one thing, you know, and that's not OK. Even psychologically, that's not OK, you know. Um, men have their roles. Women have their roles. Yes, we are equal in the sense of our dignity, and our dignity. respect. Yeah, hundred percent. That's in Genesis. You said that. Yeah, you mentioned Genesis before. That's from 100%. Genesis. Percent. But God made us different, you know, mm -hmm. and He made us different for a reason. Masculine and, and feminine. Literally, you know, and this is another struggle I see with families is where either the father is not really stepping up in his role. The mother might not be stepping up in her role. And it's just so important that we understand how uh, crucial knowing what our role is and acting in that role, you know? So I think with fathers, it's just the biggest thing is just being present. And 
seeing yourself, like you just said it, Sean, you know, you, when you're at mass, your four-year-old is literally doing everything you're doing because literally psychologically, um, to, especially to boys, to young boys, they're going to do whatever their father is doing. Oh yeah. And so if the father is not around, if the father is not present or the father is not a good example, what are they going to learn? They don't. When I was younger, I, I swear to you, I wanted to be my dad. 100%. He was like the coolest guy I knew, man. He dressed like like a old school gangster with suits all the time. You know, he always looked good. He, until this day, my dad, uh, dad, we're going to go to the grocery. I'll come with you guys. He'll get decked out. I'm like, hey, my man, we're going to the grocery store. But he likes to present himself that way all the time, you know, and, and everything about him, the way he dresses, the way he holds himself, everything is about like, you know, showing that I'm a true man. I'm a true gentleman. You know what I mean? And that's my father. And that's what we always looked at him as, you know, everything about him, his personality, his dress and, and his, his faith, everything, you know what I mean? And, and that's what we learned from my brothers. And I learned from him because of those kind of things. You know, um, something that I always think about when raising a holy family is the actual holy family, right? St. Joseph, Mother Mary, and Jesus. And I saw this picture one time, and it was so beautiful, right? So it, you, you've probably seen it before, too. It was one of our, my, my priest friend's uh, offices. And it's St. Joseph, and he's looking dead ahead. And you have the Mother Mary in his arms, but she's leaning on him, and her eyes are closed. And then Jesus is leaning on Mary. And what that shows is, even though Mary, the mother of God, she still depended on this man to protect her family. God himself chose this man, St. Joseph. And I have a, I'm, I'm pointing to this because I, I have a picture of uh, St. Joseph. I'm looking at it right now. And it's him. And he's holding uh, Jesus like on a, like the rock on a, a table, like where he's a carpenter. And he's, he's like looking at Jesus and Jesus is looking ahead. But it's so beautiful because I always pray to St. Joseph as a father for, for myself to lead my family and trust in God the way he led his family and trusted in God. And in turn, we just said it, Mother Mary, the mother of God, still depended on him for to lead her family. Big time. And this is where uh, the father has to be the man of the household. And he has to be that head of the household, but not in a overpowering dictatorship way. That's a very important point because I think sometimes in our culture, men can think that that's their role is to overpower, to control and to be narcissistic. Right. No. And yeah. that's not what a man is. You know, a man is someone who sacrifices. A man is someone who gives himself completely, who lowers himself, who is a servant, you know, like there's that uh, phrase servant leadership right? Yeah. Um, you are a servant and a leader. You're not just a leader. You're not just a servant. You know, you're not, you're not the boss. You're the leader boss. For, I, I read that before. Like that's a, there's a difference between a boss demanding things and a leader showing you and being there by your side doing things. hundred percent. So I think that is the role the father needs to take is to be present, to be the man, but to be a man who serves a man who gives. Um, and 
that is the one of the most important things. And if if the husband gets that right, um, and if the father gets that right, wow, like what an amazing difference it makes in the family, big time. I agree. And you you said it, and I, something that I had um I I was thinking about when I was thinking about this specific topic, the the role of a man is or or the father, it well, man, uh is teacher. But then I have it for the mother too, but it's two different types of teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother, uh, my my father could have done it, but it came perfect from my mother, that nurturing, loving, you know, part of, uh, of, of being the man I am. But then there was, like I always said, the masculine part of being the man that I am came from my father. Like right now, my wife, she can play with my boys. And, you know, but she doesn't rough how, you know, get rough with them and this and that. Mm-hmm. That's my part. My part is to teach them like, hey, you're going to have struggles in life. You're going to do this. But I'm teaching you to be not just physically strong, but mentally strong to overcome these things. And of course, a big part of that is introducing them about our faith, introducing them to God. and How if you have Jesus Christ in your life, no matter what comes your way. Your thought, what's that beautiful prayer? It's, it's a song too. We sing it in Chaldean at, at, at our churches all the time. Like when the waves come and if your house, if your house's foundation is sand, your house will topple. But if your house is made, yeah. the foundation is made of rock, no matter how much the storm comes, it will not shake your house. Right. And I, yeah. I, I really feel that a part of it is the role of the father. hundred percent. And I love the statistic that if a father goes to church and if a father has faith, then his kids have a 75% more chance of having faith and going to church. But if a father doesn't, then there is like a 10% chance that they'll go to church. I, I was reading faith. that. And that's even if the mother is a devout yeah. church goer, right? But 100%. if the father goes, yeah, again, he's the head of the house, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. How about the role of the mother? In your, in your, uh, you know, professional opinion, being uh, the shepherd of our church, what is your uh, take on the role of the mother in raising the Holy Family? I think it has a similar side to the father, right? In a sense, they are also a part of that head of the household. But like we're saying, it's in a different way. It's in their own role. And just like how a father has to sacrifice, a mother also has to sacrifice, And I think what I've seen today is our focus is just a little off, whether it's fathers, whether it's mothers. And what I think mothers can easily fall into is kind of what I preached on is this materialism, uh, this comparison, this jealousy of others, and just learning to be thankful for what we have, especially as a mother, like a mother, I think what she needs to be is compassionate, tender even gentle, you know, because kids need that. Kids need that. And they don't need someone who is just so focused on the world and so focused on what everyone else is doing and focused on kind of what you said earlier, right? Like our own fun, you know, our our own pleasure. Um, I think that once you become a father or a mother, your your life is no longer your own. Hmm. It's not your own. It's very true. Trust me, it is. And I'm not saying you can't go on vacation. You can't go out to eat. You can't have nice dinners. You can't go to parties. But as a mother, that is no longer your purpose. 
That should no longer be your focus even. Yes, those things are fun and they're good to do, but if it never happens, that's a sacrifice we need to make. That the children come first, the family comes first, the marriage comes first before any kind of pleasure, before any kind of material thing. I agree. Uh, and as a father, I, I there have been times when my wife and I have sacrificed for our children. You know what I mean? And and, and during the times where we're more blessed, you know, we do go out and have fun and do those things. But it's, it's a balance, right? Um, is it, are we going to go out and have fun and then not worry about our kids? No. Or are we going to put our kids first? And I think when we put our children first like that um, and they see that love that we have for them, for each other. And of course, like how we were talking about earlier, you know, when they see us like as a father mimic St. Joseph, as a mother mimicking mother Mary, they in turn will see that it's a good foundation for them. And then they'll take these things no matter what they come across. And I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're going to come across a lot of things, especially the youth today. Man, I didn't come across half of these things that they're going to come across at an early age until almost high school, college. And by then, my faith was stronger than it was when I was a child. You know what I mean? Now, if we don't get them early and give them that foundation, lost. You know what I mean? And, And you said it beautifully. The mother, she's the head too, but it's a different way. But you know, I, what I was, what I wrote down for um, the role of the mother, she's the heart of the family. Like my That's dad, beautiful. very nice man, very nice man, very compassionate man. But my mom can't touch her compared <laughs> if, we're, if we're given the roles, she's the heart of the family. You for know sure. what I mean? Like I'm a married man. Right. This is going to sound bad. I'm a married man till this day. When my, when I hear my mom say something like, I feel better. I don't know why, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm, I don't know, you know, and I love my wife, For sure. you know what I mean? And, and, you know, it's crazy because my wife does the same thing with her father. Like I'll tell her something and she'd be like, I know, I know you're right. And then her dad would say, she'd be like, isn't that true? I'm like, I just said the same thing, but she heard it from her father. You know what I mean? So like, I think daughters to their father, sometimes they have, and then sons to their mothers, because there's that love, there's that compassion. You know what I mean? There's that bond. Um, And my mom is full of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, of that love and compassion and stuff. That's that's what she's all about. Did we drive her crazy when we were younger? Yeah, we did. Oh, for sure. We all did. 100%. I remember (laughs) my mom chasing us millions of times, but you know, the, the more and more we grew up and our, our, our relationship with each other grew more and more, obviously. And I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, part of the family, man. That's the, that's the role. Yeah. And I think another thing for mothers is it's literally the same. What I see today is, you know, how we're talking about how fathers need to have faith, how fathers need to be prayerful. Um, today, the mothers need to just as much. Oh, yeah. I would not feel like I would have to say that 20 years ago right? Or to our mothers, my mom or your mom. But today- Your mom is very faithful. She is. Thank God. Yeah. 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 But I've just seen a lot of women are kind of starting to lose that, you know? Um, They're starting to lose that because I don't know if it's this world, if it's this culture, if it's just kind of- um, I know today women are obviously busier, you know? 
our our moms were kind of stay at home moms, you yeah, know. Yeah. That's Whereas true. today, women work, they have careers, they have jobs, like, um, and it's very different today than it was back then. But it's nothing wrong take, with that. Yeah. No, it's beautiful, you know. But it shouldn't take away from the aspect that a mother brings to a family, which is her faith. It is her prayer. It is her love for God. Because I remember as a kid, I would come downstairs in the morning and my mom would be praying. She would have her prayer book. She would have like kids oh, yeah. to see that. Yeah. I see my mom's prayer books until this day. When I, when I go to my parents' house and my mom's uh, nightstand on her side, I'm like, oh, look at that. There goes that little white book that I've always remember seeing as a, as a little kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, it's yeah. all in Arabic and stuff. Cause my mom, you know, she obviously speaks Arabic and stuff. So like, it's better for her obviously to read it in Arabic than in English. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you're hundred percent right. They need to see it. And, and, and you know, um, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but you, you, you said it now and I'm going to mention it. Um, they need to, what's that? How does it go? Uh, they, we should, the parents shouldn't and family, not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Right. Have you heard that saying before? Yeah. hundred percent. Right. So I can say all day, like, I want you to be a better Catholic. I want you to love Jesus and don't do this. And then I go do it. Or then I'm not showing, right. I'm being a hypocrite. Right. Jesus always talked about the Pharisees like, you know, you hypocrites, Big you guys, time. you guys say these lofty prayers and do these things. But for what? And what's the point as parents, as a family, if you're just talking about it and not actually doing it right? Mm-hmm. So the last part of, of, of the Holy Family is the siblings. We talked about the father and mother so much, but, you know, the siblings are a very important part of this Holy Family. and. Um, my thoughts, at least on it, as a, I am a sibling of my, you know, of, of mine, I'm the brother of my siblings, uh, that if they don't see me, the, I'm the eldest. Are, are you or yeah. Dylan? Are you the, is Dylan older than you or you're old? No, I have an older brother. Oh, like you have an older brother. Okay. I didn't yeah. know that. I'm sorry. So, yeah. so I'm the, I'm the eldest, right? And I've, and I remember my grandfather, he passed away years ago, but he used to always tell me, and I was the oldest of even all the grandkids on my mom's side. He's like, Paulette, you have to be the example. And I never understood <laughs> that girl. I'm like, like, why is he telling me this, man? I, I just want to live my life. But I swear to you, it makes so much sense now. Like, because if I was going this way, everybody is, even though, like, I'm not saying I'm the leader, you know what I mean? But they looked at me because I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, they're like, oh, so if he did this, then I'm going to do this too. But if I went and did what's the right thing, you know, I went on the right path. They're going to see him be like, man, why is he doing that? And it, at minimum, it's going to make them question and say, is it what I'm doing right? Or is it what he's doing? That's right. And then make them think at that at minimum, just for that. But that's what I was yeah. writing down to be the example. You know what I mean? I want to share a quote by St. Mother Teresa about this okay. exact point. She says, it is easy to love the people far away. It is not always easy to love those close to us. It is easier to give a cup of rice to relieve hunger than to relieve the loneliness and pain of someone unloved in our own home. Bring love into your home, for this is where our love for each other must start. Wow, that's beautiful. I've never, I've never heard that quote before. That's, that's actually a beautiful quote. So I think that's in terms of siblings, like <laughs> this is the thing is just love right? Love and respect, love and respect for, for one another, 
love and respect for the parents, you know, and I just think with siblings, a lot of the times it is, it's easier to love our friends. It's easier to love the people who don't live in our home, you know, because we don't get to choose our family. We get to choose our friends. Um, but I always remind people, I say at the end of your life, your friends are not going to be there. It's your family. Who's going to be there at your deathbed? Your friends? No. Your family are going to be the ones who are there. And that's why it's so important to put family first and to just learn that love is the most important thing. And that's what children need to learn. I agree. And, you know, it has to be that godly love. Mm -hmm. Um, It can't be like, I love my siblings, so... I'm going to allow them to do wrong because I love them and I don't want to upset them. It's okay. Uh, Listen, if you're listening to this and you are of age to understand these kind of things, you know, my advice to you is it's okay to offend your siblings when they're doing something wrong because, and this is my thought, father, tell me if I'm wrong, because if you truly, truly love them, You'll tell them what they're doing is wrong. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if they're going to be upset because I, if they're, if they're sane people, they'll eventually realize what you were doing was for their benefit, for their eternal salvation, not just for this earthly 100 years that we're going to be here, which is going to be a blink of an eye. And I tell my friends, and my siblings and, you know, all my cousins right, that, that are like siblings to me. You know what I mean? I tell you guys, <laughs> this life we live right now, if you look at the grand scheme of eternity, it's not even a blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. So think about what we're doing on this earth. And again, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. I fall a million times, but I, at least I'm trying to tell them. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I think it goes back to the fact that, you know, you never know when it's going to click. You never know when they're going to accept it, whether that's simply having faith and going to mass, you know, I always tell people invite, keep inviting, keep inviting, keep inviting, or it's a sinful lifestyle that they might be living in. You never know when they'll just accept what you're saying. Yeah. Keep doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Father, uh, I want to thank you uh, for coming on the podcast. I think this is a very good topic. I'm hoping that anybody listening to this, any family that listens to this, listens to it together and, thank you. You know, and does this for their family, each one of us, like how you said earlier, the family is the first church. The family is the school, man. You know, they can, you can go to church every Sunday, which is perfect. We want you to do that. But I think... Um, and you said it yourself, the family, if it's not, there's no foundation, there's no love there, that family is doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, any last thoughts, Father, before I close this? Just love the Lord with all your hearts. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we've been talking a lot about love and it has to be rooted in God. God is the author of marriage. He's the one who created marriage. And so without him, we're literally nothing. You know, and that's what we need to believe. And that's how we need to live is without him, we would be nothing. And with him, we're everything. Amen. Father, again, 
Thank you very much. You're a great priest. You're a great friend. You're a great brother. God bless you always. Thank Um, you. Keep me in your prayers. Yeah, likewise. I told you earlier I needed it. Uh, Just a few things before we close. Just want to remind you all to go on ECRC, get involved with ECRC. It's a great organization. I want you guys to listen to the other two podcasts we have with you know, with ECRC with Martoma Production. Uh, we have Jeff and Pilar with the Catholic Avengers, and we have NS Kesto doing the Salty Catholic. Again, we come out once a month with new episodes. Uh, the last thought I want to give comes from this quote that I saw. That I thought it was beautiful. It actually, comes from the the uh, the the Catechism of the Catholic Faith, and then it's specifically twenty two oh five from the Catechism of the Catholic Faith, and it goes. The Christian family is a communion of persons, a sign and image of the communion of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the procreation and education of children, it reflects the Father's work of creation. It is called to partake of the prayer and sacrifice of Christ. Daily prayer and reading of the word of God strengthens its charity. I thought that was beautiful. That's specifically mm. about families. Like I always awesome. say, yeah, thank you. Like I always say, um, remember to go forth because you have the right to be Catholic. Thank you, everybody, and God bless. You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.